This is Sarah Lemon, author of the Holdish blog and food writer for the Meal Tribune newspaper in Southern Oregon. This podcast is produced from the Meal Tribune and Rosebud Media. You can find it online at mealtribune.com forward slash podcast and read my blog, The Whole Dish, at mealtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. The most recent post to my blog was sort of a Thanksgiving preview, an idea for a familiar ingredient, maybe presented in kind of a new way or an alternative way to the season's very popular pumpkin pie. Most of us are probably familiar with having had sweet potatoes over the years at a Thanksgiving feast. And while my family certainly presents them as part of the main event rather than dessert, one of the things I've been thinking a lot about making the past couple of years is a sweet potato pie. Of course, classic soul food, very, very common in Southern cuisine. And one of those things that holds a dear place in a lot of people's hearts, not necessarily mine. I didn't grow up with sweet potato pie certainly had sweet potatoes in other ways. But the idea of a sweet potato pie really appeals to me because we grew sweet potatoes in our garden this year. My sons helped to dig them up over the past couple of weeks. They're curing. We find that it's better if they sit and the skins kind of firm up a little bit for a couple of weeks after they're out of the ground before we try to cook with them. But they're all fairly small. Our garden doesn't yield really large specimens of produce. It's a pretty small space. We've had kind of some soil health issues over the years, and we're kind of just starting to get a handle on it again. My mother-in-law being the main person spearheading this after she took the Master Gardener course a few years ago, she came up with the idea to trellis the sweet potatoes on a cattle panel basically some high gauge wire made into like a long rectangle that we bent over the raised beds because we have a raised bed garden system in a semicircle and secured it down and the sweet potatoes grew up and over the semicircular trellis you know n- not reinventing the wheel necessarily but a first time use for us for that particular piece of material to create this effect in the garden. And it was gorgeous. I loved it. The sweet potato vines were super lush. It was really, really pretty in the summertime. And then, of course, when they died back, it was time to dig the sweet potatoes. Again, none of them that large, all fairly slender, longer than they are big around. And of course, in my mind, that doesn't really yield itself to like a baked sweet potato, which I like to put in the oven, feed these to my sons a lot. They're big fans of this. Have it, fluff up the flesh and sprinkle it with some salt and put a nice hearty pot of butter on top. Is my preferred method for eating particularly yellow fleshed sweet potatoes, which I prefer over the orange fleshed variety. These particular potatoes, as I mentioned, just because of their dimensions, don't really lend themselves to that treatment so much. What they do really lend themselves to, however, is baking in the skins and then like cutting the end off and like squeezing out the flesh maybe to use in a filling like this, a sweet potato pie. 
Of course, sweet potato pie is most often made with the orange fleshed sweet potatoes, which are just more eye-catching, you know, that vibrant, vibrant color, although the flesh itself I find to be on the fibro side and not nearly as sweet. The yellow fleshed variety is a lot sweeter. And so the orange fleshed variety is most often combined with a fair amount of sugar for sure. In this particular recipe for Patty LaBelle's sweet potato pie, which I posted to my blog on November 15th, and that's under the headline, Sweet Potato Pie, a Soul Food Staple. It contains three quarters cup packed light brown sugar. Some of that's used in the crust and some of the filling, plus a half a cup of granulated sugar, white sugar. Then that's an awful lot of sugar. Soul Food Cuisine is not known for going light on sugar, fat. That's one of the reasons why it's so comforting. It's such an iconic place in American food ways. But you know, you have to ask yourself whether you want to use that much sugar, really. I've certainly found a happy medium in some of my traditional family recipes for sweet potatoes, namely our holiday Thanksgiving treatment for praline topped sweet potato casserole, basically. I don't know what the exact name is. It's been called a few different things over the years. But ever since my aunt found the recipe, probably in a magazine a number of years back, I was still a kid and introduced it to the holiday table. It's definitely been a favorite. People proclaimed we had to have it every year. My family also is very, very fond of pecans, which is a Southern thing. Perhaps it's because my grandparents are originally from Colorado. My grandmother grew up on a ranch there. You know, I don't really know what the connection is, but we always have pecan pie in addition to pumpkin pie at Thanksgiving. That's my family's staple. So the sweet potato casserole topped with pecans was sort of like a no-brainer in that respect. It was originally made with the orange fleshed sweet potatoes. Again, it just has a more eye-catching color, but I find that the flavor and texture just nearly isn't as appealing as the yellow ones. And so if you're using the yellow ones, as I have over the years, you can cut back on the quantity of sugar. This filling doesn't really rely on the sugar interacting with anything else when it's baked to achieve the texture as is very common in a lot of baked goods when you combine sugar with flour. This is contained in a casserole dish. The, the sugar really does not lend anything to the consistency of the end product. It calls for six cups of paired boiled and mashed potatoes. However, you can get to six cups. I usually find that if you have one pretty large sweet potato, that can be anywhere in the neighborhood of one to two cups, one and a half-ish cups. So this might be four really, really large sweet potatoes, or maybe six sort of medium sweet potatoes in my experience. But this is six cups. And this recipe actually makes two eight by eight 
baking dishes, which is just a little bit more than a 9 by 13. It's more like an 11 by 17 dimension if you are feeding a very large crowd of people, which over the years my family gatherings have been certainly 14, 15 people with hearty appetites. Or what you can do, and my mom is a fan of doing this because she doesn't like to have a ton of leftovers that we're reheating over and over and over again. She likes to make two eight by eight pans and freeze one or both of them. The rationale being this is a dish that freezes extremely well. So you can make it in advance of your holiday, a couple of weeks in advance, put foil on it and then slide the eight by eight baking dish. And usually it works pretty effortlessly into a gallon size Ziploc bag. That size baking dish, provided the sides aren't too high, will fit into a gallon size Ziploc bag and store really, really well in the freezer. Of course, having a smaller square baking dish facilitates having other things in your oven. When you have maybe more than one casserole type item on Thanksgiving, you know, maybe your Thanksgiving stuffing isn't actually stuffed in the turkey like ours is, but it's, you know, prepared in a baking dish, can sort of kind of jockey these around a little bit more easily if you have smaller baking dishes in the mix. So for the two eight by eight baking dishes of holiday, praline topped sweet potato casserole, again, that's six cups of paired, boiled, and mashed sweet potatoes, two thirds cup sugar, two thirds cup melted butter, a third a cup heavy cream, a teaspoon vanilla, a half teaspoon ground nutmeg, and a quarter teaspoon ground cloves. The topping is separate for this. It's a cup of packed brown sugar a third cup flour, a third cup finely cut cold butter, and a cup of chopped pecans. You can mix that up like a streusel topping ahead of time or, you know, after you've prepared this, it, it kind of doesn't really matter, but you could mix it up and store that in the fridge for a couple of days. And very easily, in a mixing bowl, you just combine, stir together the one cup packed brown sugar and the third cup of flour, and then cut in the third cup finely cut cold butter pieces. And once that is incorporated, it's starting to look like a sandy appearance, the, the butter combining with the flour and the sugar. Then you stir in gently the one cup chopped pecans. That's your streusel topping for the casserole. Getting back to the sweet potatoes, with that six cups paired, boiled, and mashed sweet potatoes, in a mixing bowl, preferably, you can use an electric mixer, but this also is very easy to mix up by hand because all these things are soft. Add the two-thirds cup sugar. Now, if you are using yellow flushed sweet potatoes, as I mentioned, I like to scale back on this quantity. I really don't think it needs that much sugar when you're using the yellow flushed sweeter sweet potatoes. So a third cup sugar, start with that and see how it tastes. Two thirds cup melted butter, a third cup heavy whipping cream, and three beaten eggs. The eggs are what's going to really firm up this casserole texture when it bakes. Stir that together and then stir in the one teaspoon vanilla, half teaspoon ground nutmeg, and the quarter teaspoon ground cloves. I think you can go heavier on the spices. If you like a more highly spiced, highly seasoned 
dish. I know I do. I love those warming winter spices. I might even add just a little dash of cinnamon. You don't want the whole thing to taste super, super cinnamony or it starts to take on a dessert type personas like competing with the desserts. But you know, you can certainly experiment with this. A little dash of allspice is really nice. I love Jamaican allspice with this flavor profile. Grease, again, the two eight by eight baking dishes, and then divide the sweet potato mixture among each of the dishes. Divide the praline topping among each of the baking dishes. And if you're ready to bake this immediately, it goes into a 350 degree oven for 60 to 70 minutes. That praline topping, the nuts, of course, are going to get a nice, toasty, really deep brown color and really bring out their delicious flavor. I absolutely love the nuts on this. So much better <laughs> than the marshmallow abomination that some people choose to put on their sweet potato casserole. I just cannot conscience that. I think my family might have had it a couple of times when I was a very, very young child, but certainly when this recipe came on the scene, nobody ever wanted marshmallows again. So that'll bake again at 350 degrees for 60 to 70 minutes until it's bubbling around the edges. The nuts are nice and toasty, kind of dark brown. All that sugar has caramelized on the top. It's a really, really delicious dish to kind of wet the appetite for dessert coming up on Thanksgiving. I just take usually a little bit if I'm going to plan to have a, a thin slice of pumpkin pie or pecan pie. And this is also a great way to start preparing dishes ahead and laying them aside in the freezer in anticipation of a busy day preparing Thanksgiving favorites. And if you have to go to a potluck, this is a wonderful dish to contribute again right out of your freezer. I've prepared it you know, a week or so in advance and then brought it to my family's Thanksgiving feast. It's holiday, sweet potato, praline casserole. And you can find a recipe for Patty LaBelle sweet potato pie on the current post of my blog, The Whole Dish, at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. Thanks for listening to and reading The Whole Dish.